0: Space debris down out of its orbit, and the bus would get there on time. Hang on, though. What was lucky about that? Hey, Tyrone, glad you could join us. Mr. Brading, the English teacher, slouched back in his chair as Ty sidled into the classroom. Dentist, was it? Ty nodded, willing his teacher to leave it at that and let him get to his desk without talking but Mr. Brading was the kind of teacher who believes he's very, very funny, and all the pupils love him when he jokes. New brace, then, is it? he thundered. A snicker ran around the room like an evil sprite, hopping from desk to desk of all Ty's meaner classmates. Ty gave Mr. Brading a tight smile and headed for his seat. Never mind, you'll be able to pick up Sky One now, said Mr. Brading, adding his guffaw to the snickering. Everyone had now joined in. Ty pretended to be amused, laughing politely through his nose as he sat down. A sharp jab in between his shoulder blades indicated that Dom McGill had thought up another use for his pencil, normally only employed to pick his nose. "'Never mind, scrapgob, he hissed. "'You were ugly anyway!' "'Okay, class!' shouted Mr Brading, walking up and down like a film director and flicking back his floppy brown hair. A scene from Romeo and Juliet, page 55 of Shakespeare for All. Who can help me out here? Uh, Rebecca, you, I think, and... No, thought Ty, he couldn't, he wouldn't. He would. Tyrone, I think, can be our Romeo. Rebecca began to read and Tyrone flicked to page 55. At her pause, he lifted his woeful face, pulled his sore lips back over what felt like a souvenir chunk of the Eiffel Tower, and read, ''Buck low, this is the east, and woolier is the sun.'' The class, and every last hope in his heart, collapsed. Dom McGill wasn't the brightest boy in Swiftwood School, but he was probably the biggest. His hands were huge and invariably clenched. When Dom decided to hit you, it was a lot like being struck with a frozen chicken. Today, though, Dom was having more fun with his mouth. Being not the brightest boy in Swiftwood School, he was quite delighted that he'd found a good jeering name for Ty so quickly. He felt it would last for the rest of the day, and so he wouldn't have to think of another one until tomorrow dom and his mates hung around by the school gates poised like a church choir on christmas eve as soon as ty made an appearance head down hauling his overweight school bag across his shoulder dom raised his hand like a conductor lifted his corned beef chin and counted the gang in scrap gob scrap gob scrap gob scrap gob With only two notes to play with, the boys managed to get an amazing amount of feeling into their chant. They conveyed, with a sneering lilt, that Ty was not only a geek, stuck-up and ugly, but also that, if they had half a chance, they would cheerfully give him the kind of pasting which would smear him all over the toilet block. Rod, who was slightly sharper than the rest, got into the whole chant thing so much that he even attempted a rhyme. Scrap, gob, scrap, gob, give yourself a... ''Big... job!'' The others looked at him, confused. It messed up the rhythm a bit and didn't make sense. This distracted them, while Ty ducked in among a crowd of girls and crept out past them. By the time they'd rallied and got into the next round of scrap-gobbing, Ty was halfway up the road. ''Oi! Scrap-gob's getting away!'' yelled Don, and the mob bundled out after him. It was a hot July day, and Ty was sweating by the time he reached the cut across the wasteland behind his house. His pursuers were only seconds behind him, tearing up a narrow alley between the old back-to-back houses. He could hear them puffing for breath, and Rod's squeaky voice still gamely shouting, Scrapgob! Get Scrapgob! The wasteland was the length of a football pitch, but would have been useless for a game. Covered in mounds of old rubble, sheets of rusting corrugated iron and discarded rubbish, its grass grew as high as his waist, hiding ruts and potholes which could twist an ankle if you didn't know where you were treading. Happily, Ty knew exactly where he was treading. This was his patch. He knew he couldn't make it across without being seen and followed all the way back home. The mob was too close on his heels. He darted to his right, skirting the high, brittle wall boundary which separated the ground from the small backyards of the old house.